Section forty nine of Happy Days. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Asterix. Happy Days by A. A. Milne. Chapter forty nine. The Civil Servant. It was three o'clock and the afternoon sun reddened the western windows of one of the busiest of government offices in an airy room on the third floor richard dale was batting standing in front of the coal box with the fire shovel in his hands he was a model of the strenuous young englishman and as for the third time he turned the government india rubber neatly in the direction of square leg and so completed his fifty the bowler could hardly repress a sigh of envious admiration. Even the reserved Matthews, who was too old for cricket, looked up a moment from his putting and said, Well played, Dick. The fourth occupant of the room was busy at his desk, as if to give the lie to the thoughtless accusation that the civil service cultivates the body at the expense of the mind the eager shouts of the players seemed to annoy him for he frowned and bit his pen or else passed his fingers restlessly through his hair how the dickens do you expect anyone to think in this confounded noise he cried suddenly what's the matter ashby you're the matter how am i going to get these verses done for the evening surprise if you make such a row why don't you go out for tea good idea come on dale you coming matthews they went out leaving the room to ashby in his youth harold ashby had often been told by his relations that he had a literary bent his letters home from school were generally pronounced to be good enough for punch and some of them together with a certificate of character from his vicar were actually sent to that paper but as he grew up he realized that his genius was better fitted for work of a more solid character his post in the civil service gave him full leisure for his adam a fragment his history of the microscope and his studies in rural campanology and yet left him ample time in which to contribute to the journalism of the day the poem he was now finishing for the evening surprise was his first contribution to that paper but he had little doubt that it would be accepted it was called quite simply love and death and it began like this love o oh, love all other things above why o oh, why am i afraid to die there were six more lines which i have forgotten but i suppose they gave the reason for this absurd diffidence having written the poem out neatly harold put it in an envelope and took it round to the evening surprise the strain of composition had left him rather weak and he decided to give his brain a rest for the next few days so it happened that he was at the wickets on the following wednesday afternoon when the commissioner brought him in the historic letter he opened it hastily the shovel under his arm dear sir wrote the editor of the evening surprise will you come round and see me as soon as convenient harold lost no time explaining that he would finish his innings later he put his coat on took his hat and stick and dashed out 
how do you do said the editor i wanted to talk to you about your work we all liked your little poem very much it will be coming out to-morrow thursday said harold helpfully i was wondering whether we couldn't get you to join our staff does the idea of doing aunt miriam's cosy corner in our afternoon edition appeal to you at all no said harold not a bit ah that's a pity he tapped the desk thoughtfully well then how would you like to be a war correspondent very much said harold i was considered to write rather good letters home from school splendid there's this little war in mexico when can you start all expenses and fifty pounds a week you're not very busy at the office just now i suppose i could get sick leave easily enough said harold if it wasn't for more than eight or nine months do that will be excellent here's a blank cheque for your outfit can you get off to-morrow but i suppose you'll have one or two things to finish up at the office first well said harold cautiously i was in and i'd made ninety-six but if i go back and finish my innings now and then have to-morrow for buying things i could get off on friday good said the editor well here's luck come back alive if you can and if you do we shan't forget you harold spent the next day buying a war correspondent's outfit the camel the travelling bath the putties the pith helmet the quinine the sleeping bag and the thousand and one other necessities of active service on the friday his colleagues at the office came down in a body to southampton to see him off little did they think that nearly a year would elapse before he again set foot upon england i shall not describe all his famous coups at mexico sufficient to say that experience taught him quickly all that he had need to learn and that whereas he was more than a week late with his cabled account of the first engagement of the war he was frequently more than a week early afterwards indeed the battle of parson's nose so realistically described in his last telegram is still waiting to be fought it is to be hoped that it will be in time for his aptly named book with the mexicans in mexico which is coming out next month on his return to england harold found that time had wrought many changes to begin with the editor of the evening surprise had passed on to the morning exclamation you had better take his place said the ducal proprietor to harold right said harold i suppose i shall have to resign my post at the office just as you like i don't see why you should i should miss the cricket said harold wistfully and the salary i'll go round and see what i can arrange but there were also changes at the office harold had been rising steadily in salary and seniority during his absence and he found to his delight that he was now a principal clerk he found too that he had acquired quite a reputation in the office for quickness and efficiency in his new work the first thing to arrange about was his holiday he had had no holiday for more than a year and there were some eight weeks owing to him hello said the assistant secretary as harold came in you're looking well i suppose you can manage to get away for the weekends i've been away on sick leave for some time said harold pathetically have you you've kept it very secret come out and have lunch with me and we'll do a matinee afterwards 
Harold went out with him happily. It would be pleasant to accept the editorship of the evening surprise without giving up the governmental work which was so dear to him, and the assistant secretary's words made this possible, for a year or so anyhow. Then, when his absence from the office began to be noticed, it would be time to think of retiring on an adequate pension. End of chapter 49